Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 478 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm in our office, which is always a little weird because there's like, you know, three or four people here. That's every time I come, I get excited. I'm like, I'm going to see our coworkers. And I see like four or five of them just because. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's like back to school time. All of my nieces and nephews and quote unquote, went back to school. There's four of them in my sister's house and they all have their own little Zoom setups. Um, But because back to school is going on, I thought we could do a fun thing. So um, do you want to like remind people, you have this hilariously specific thing that you love reading about and it's like my favorite thing and it's kind of where this came from. So I'll let you. Uh, Yeah. Um, I talk about how my favorite genre of book is what I call murder at an educational institution that involves a close-knit group of suspicious characters. (laughs) Um, There are surprisingly quite a few books that fit this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so you decided to have the idea to, for today's episode, do books set at school. And the first thing I said to you was, you know all of mine are going to be murder ones, right? (laughs) But then as I told you, I was laughing. Because I was like, well, that's not going to be any different than every book we've been recommending since the beginning of August, and we'll continue to recommend to the end of October at least. Um, but yeah, we're going to do books with school settings, and I guess trigger warning if you don't like murdery mystery, because that's, I looked at mine, I also have several of those as well. There are a lot in that. There's a lot. Now. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we're going to have some fun. Um, just felt right. Like I said, it's, it's back to school time, whether your the kids in your life are going to the school or are doing it via Zoom. Um, yeah, we're going to do some school setting type titles. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always go to professionalbooknerds.com and see a backlog of all the episodes we've ever done. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at probooknerds. You can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. I'll put all the books in the show notes so you don't have to write them down. Uh, We didn't chat ahead of time, which we probably should have, but how many do you have? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I have four pulled up. I can pull more if we need. Okay. I did six. I I love it. That was like a a mean girls, like the limit does not exist type of a thing with Jill. That's exactly what that was. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I will go first, and like I said, I, I have six pulled up, and if we want to keep going. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, all right. So the first one I have, I think I talked about this a couple of years ago, but it's been a really long time since I read it. Um, the Sidekicks by Will Kostakis. Uh, he is an Australian author. And this is really interesting, the way that it's set up. So there's this group of friends. There's four of them, Ryan, Harley, Miles, and Isaac. And this, the movie, movie, the book starts with Isaac uh, dying unexpectedly. And then the way that the book plays out is Ryan, Harley, and Miles have to come to terms with like what Isaac's death means. And the way that the book is laid out is it's in three parts. It's told by each of them how everything is affecting them. And so you get their stories specifically about how they're experiencing um, their high school years and what Isaac meant to them. But you also get like different sides of every story. So like Ryan's part, he'll tell throughout the first third of the book and then it'll go back and Harley will tell his specific thoughts. But like, you'll see the things that Ryan talked about from Harley's point of view and then Miles' point of view. So it's just really, it's an interesting way. You know, we've talked about a number of times about how we love the rest of us just live here. And it's like a a way to get other perspectives on things that are happening that might be the main story. So for this book, in theory, Isaac dying is the main plot point that happens but then you get to experience all three of his really close friends um, versions of of what it meant to them and one of them's a swimmer one of them's like a rebel and one of them is kind of a nerdy character so it's just really interesting it's a really unique way to tell um, a story in the sense that you you basically read the same story three times but you get it from completely different perspectives so that's um, the sidekicks by Will Kostakis okay um Try to say which one to start with. Okay, I'm going to start with, like, the one that I've talked about a bunch, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, but it sort of started my love for this particular genre and is, you know, fairly well-known, which is The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, this is about a... It takes place at a, um elite New England college. It is not named, but uh, readers... Um, and people who have studied the book, so to speak, um, are all fairly in agreement that it's Bennington, which is where Donna Tart went along with Brett Easton Ellis, their friends, fun fact. Um, so it's, it takes place at this elite college in New England, and it is about a kid who tries to get into the classic study program, um, the those that study classic it's like an elite school within an elite school (laughs) and um he he tries to get into it and discovers that the other students um there's weird things that happen they have you know their teachers somewhat eccentric the students are eccentric and they have these secrets that he sort of discovers along the way um but one of the students bunny this is not really a spoiler um bunny ends up dead and so one of the things about this book that I like is that it's less of a whodunit and more of a why done it like you know from the beginning that Bunny has died and that they were involved 
Um, and so the suspense of the book is less about who killed Bunny and more about why they killed Bunny. Um, and it's just a very, you know, clever way of doing that because you, I don't see that very often. Like yeah. so much of these books that involve people getting murdered is about um, the, the who, the who, right. Um, and I, I have read this book many times. I listened to it on audiobook a couple of years ago and Donna Tart um, does the audiobook herself. And my one takeaway from the audiobook is that she makes Bunny a lot funnier than he comes across in the book. Um, he kind of comes across, at least in my reading of the book, he comes across as a little insufferable. He's like that. He's like that guy who you you don't understand why he's in this friend group, and I don't think they fully understand why yeah. he's in the friend group. But he's in this friend group, and he sort of is like he's just not. He's a little more. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, you know, they're very serious and studious and he's a little more jovial, but she, in, in her reading of him, I'm like, oh, he's actually like funny, Mm -hmm. like, like a genuinely, not funny, like you're laughing at him, you know what I mean? But you're like, oh no, you're actually like a comedian, (laughs) which does not come across in, in, when I have read the book itself, but yeah, that's the secret history. It's the classic of them all. Yeah. Um, my next one is Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. Uh, this is the beginning of a series, um, and it takes place at a place called Ellingham Academy, which is a, I mean, a place, but it's like a, a famous private school in Vermont. And it was created, um, by this Albert Ellingham, and he was this 20th century, like, tycoon, and he wanted to make this place that made learning um, like a game. And so the place like full of riddles and there's all these like twisting pathways and gardens. Um, but like right after the school opened, his wife and daughter were kidnapped. And then there was one real, cl- there was like one clue that was provided and it was like this mocking riddle listing all these methods of murder. And the, it was just signed by someone just wrote truly devious as the name. It was never solved. And then you kind of flash forward to um, what would be present day in the book. And this uh, young person named Stevie Bell comes and she is a, a first year student there and she wants to solve this cold case while also attending, you know, Ellingham Academy. And um, she also has to juggle all the things that you would juggle if you're at a private school like this. So she's interacting with her new housemates and um, one of them's a writer and one of them's like an inventor and then there's an artist and then there's and like you said, there's like a, a person who's all about joking all the time. Um, and then wouldn't you know it, Truly Devious uh, makes like a surprise return and there is uh, a murder that takes place. And so then you kind of get these like two mysteries, the one that's present day about what's going on with this Truly Devious. And then also at the same time, trying to figure out what happened in the initial situation with the wife and the daughter being kidnapped. And it's just, it's really, really good. It's really fun. It's very... Um, it's very like E. Lockhart sort of a thing. So it is definitely a whodunit still, like an Agatha Christie type of way. But if you like, like We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, it's kind of in, in that mode. And it is, like I said, it's the beginning of a series. Um, I'm going to look real quick. I'm curious. I think it's like four books, maybe? Three. So there's, there's three books. Um, it was pretty popular. So people have probably heard of it. But if you haven't read Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson, it's a really good one. 
Oh man. Okay. My next one is Catherine house. Um, which just came out this year. Y'all, I don't really know how to talk about this book and I'm going to try not to spoil it, but there might come a time when I talk about the ending. Um, I will warn you in advance. You can fast forward. So, and I say that because I, I read this book in one sitting, um, five hours, according to my Libby app. (laughs) (laughs) So literally one sitting, um, straight five hours. And I got done and it's one of those books where I was like, wow, I feel the need to start this over again immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and I, I went in totally blind. All I knew about this is that it is the Catherine house refers to a school where weird things happen. That's literally all I knew about the book. I went in totally blind. Um, and then after I finished it, I started looking up reviews this book, I don't even want to say it's like mixed reviews. It is very polarizing reviews <laughs> because of the end. So Catherine House um, is a is a college. Um, and it's a very, me and my elite schools, it's a very elite college. <laughs> although nobody really knows what the parameters are to get in. Um, so they're very selective in the students that they allow to come in every year. The students um, stay there for three years. They have school year round for three years. So by the end of that three year, you've, you know, basically completed a four year undergrad. Um, the, the alumni of the school um, are known to go on to become, you know, like prize winning authors, Supreme Court justices, the president. It's, it's like the skulls basically. So, mm-hmm. um, which is not their favorite. Who doesn't love the skulls? So, that we follow um, Ines, who um, comes in and she um, she doesn't really fit in, and she has a really hard time adapting to the school and the uh, very competitive academic schedule. Um, you know, but she sort of finds her way. But there's weird things happening at that school um, within the school. Again, there's another elite school <laughs> within this school. So you pick, you know, like it's a college, you pick your major, your concentration. Yeah. And one of the concentrations that nobody really talks about is something dealing, it's like a sciencey thing, dealing with something called plasm. Um, doesn't really matter what it's about, but no, just go with me. So um... <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm, so, I'm along for the ride. Okay. So, uh, there's just like weird things with this plasm thing where the original director of the plasm program had gotten into a lot of trouble. Um, there were like exposés written because it seems like he'd maybe faked some of his research and there's like this whole weird thing and you don't really know what plasm's about. I could give you some super deep cut logic, but it won't make sense. Um, so like, (laughs) so, you know, Ines, there's all these questions about, like, what is it? She gets interested, but she can't, she's, like, can't, is basically not smart enough to get into the program. She has friends who are, it's a, it's a whole thing. But there are people Mm. who are murdered. Like, people disappear. There's weird things that happen. Okay, this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you do not want, if that's all you want to know about the book, and you maybe want to read it, and you want to go in blind, I, I recommend you fast forward. And I'm only doing this I normally would not do this sort of thing. I'm not going to like mm-hmm. spoil, spoil the ending, but 
I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that there are people who will hate this book because of the ending, and I would mm. rather save you from <laughs> reading a book. No, that's fair. So if you don't care and you want to read this book, feel free to fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. <laughs> this is all I will say about this ending. Catherine House has a Sopranos finale ending. <laughs> oh my God, what a good way to say what you just said. It has a Sopranos finale ending. And I am well aware that there are people out there, one of my best friends, hates those endings i would never recommend this book to her despite the fact that i think she would enjoy it (laughs) i would never recommend this book to her because of that i mean and when i say it has a sopranos finale ending i it literally has a sopranos finale ending um and i just would like to say people that who would hate that which is what when i was like reading reviews that was a big part of it was the ending of the book um it's it's abrupt it's a sopranos finale ending so that's all i will say i will not that's it i just wanted to give context for people because i know there are people who hate those books mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting that is really i don't know how i feel about that personally that's interesting i no. i mean i understand it like i understand some people like they like things it's not even that um it's not even that like they necessarily like need a bow tied but you need to have a little something to go with there is no something here yeah it is it is abrupt um so i just wanted to that's all i'm telling you i'm not actually spoiling anything i'm just telling you Mm -hmm. it has a sopranos finale ending interesting okay welcome (laughs) back everyone welcome back everyone welcome back um i have another one with a crazy ending uh the tenth girl by sarah Faring. Uh, Sarah was on the podcast when this first came out. She's actually going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks because she has a book coming out called White Fox, which is really, really good. Um, tenth Girl, The Tenth Girl is a, again, kind of like a finishing school. We have, like, we have a lot of these like very private prestigious schools. Um, so it's in Argentina. It's in this like haunted mansion in Patagonia, which is just a really cool place. I remember when I first read it and I talked about it, like, I can't remember a book ever being set in Patagonia, which is just a really, really, really cool place. And um, Sarah is Argentinian. Um, she has Argentinian family. So she's actually been down there uh, several times, which is really cool. Uh, but this is a mansion that is in Patagonia that is a kind of like a finishing school that is set up um, where it's extremely prestigious. There are, I think there's 10 students that go every single year and that's all that goes there and they are um, like sort of like you said they're extremely like best of the best like they come from these insanely uh ludicrously high up in the world backgrounds um and so the story follows the main character Mavi, who is a buenos aires native and she's fleeing the military regime that took her mother um and she finds a way to escape by going to the Vaccaro school and teaching these young elite girls. Um, so she tries at first to like embrace the stuff that's going on. It's very gothic, this house. It's like huge and dark and there's you know, weird things going on. And it's literally like on the top of this massive hill where she has to climb all these stairs to get there. Um, and she's specifically told like, hey, don't roam around at night. 
there's things that are very not safe that happen around here. Uh, but she does anyway, obviously, because that's how books work. And um, she meets these mysterious like others and is not really sure what's going on. But what ends up happening is one of her 10 students is missing. And then like all of the teachers and students kind of start behaving like they're possessed almost. Um, and you also are getting, you kind of meet really early on these like others and you, and you learn, this isn't a spoiler, that there is a character who seems to be a ghost. Um, and you get also chapters from the ghost's point of view and it's really, really cool. And it's just like, they're in this haunted house basically on a cliff in Patagonia, they can't escape and there's ghosts and everything's going on and it's really, really crazy. And then the, the, the twist, this is one of the books where like the description is a psychological thriller with a haunting twist you won't see coming. It's actually true. Like the twist in this is the mo is the craziest twist of a book. I really like it. Um, and I don't, I, this isn't as, um, pol I haven't seen any like polarizing, <laughs> like the Catherine house. I haven't seen anything as polarizing as that, but it is a crazy twist. Um, it's super original and just like really, really creepy. Um, but it's perfect for this time of year because we've been talking a lot about, you know, we both love Gothic books. So The 10th Girl by Sarah Faring kind of hits all of those, those little buckets there. Uh, my next one is Black Chalk by Christopher J. Yates. So who doesn't love things where there are games involved? And Absolutely. you have like one like a limited number of survivors that's the best you know um so <laughs> this is about a group of students and friends at oxford university they have this game that they play um that's supposed to be sort of you know silly things or truth or dare you know game of consequences but nothing serious um but then you know as is gonna happen um the game changed a little bit, the stakes grew higher, um, and the dares became more personal and sort of humiliating. Um, and of course, that means that there was tr like a tragic thing happened that was not really intended to happen with this game, but it did. So now 14 years later, the remaining players meet up again to play the final round <laughs> of the game. Yes, and who knows your who knows better than your best friends how to break you <laughs> that is a line from the description i'm so like dark. Oh, okay great yeah so dark um <laughs> so i i remember when this book came out i think i i don't remember it was like shortly after i started here at overdrive i don't remember if i i probably like read a review of it um or something i was like oh this book i'm reading <laughs> Yeah, the cover, it says one game, six students, five survivors. So there you go. That's, That's the cover. Yeah. What's the name of that one again? Black Chalk. Black Chalk. Uh, my next one is called A Spy in the House by Y.S. Lee. So this is, so this is the start of a, of a series and it's really fun. It's almost like a school, it's like a school setting meets Oliver Twist meets like Sweeney Todd, but also meets, um, like Sherlock Holmes, I guess. So it's a Victorian atmosphere. And um, there is this orphan who is rescued from the gallows because she's also a thief. Her name is Mary Quinn. Um, and she, in, not only is she rescued, but she's offered this like really unique opportunity to 
she goes to this place where she's to be educated on like fine manners and all of like becoming like a, you know, an, an upper class woman in Victorian England. But what ends up happening is the place is actually, uh, it's, it's called Miss Grimshaw's Academy for Girls. It's actually a cover for an all female investigative unit. Nice. Um, it's called the agency. And when she turns 17, she, uh, she, she spends a lot of time in the, early in the book kind of training. And then when she turns 17, her, like, she gets her assignment where, she is becomes a lady's companion and she has to infiltrate this merchant's home to try to trace like what all of his cargo ships that keep missing like what is going on in there um and so she, she learns it's just like it's just like a, it's a spy book where she gets taught how to be a spy the school is amazing and it's super fun and then she gets to like drop into this household where it's just like completely um there's it, it, there's a lot of like action but there's also it's like fun and it's not super super dark but at the same time it is it's like that victorian london like i said like the sweeney todd kind of a like mystery and like a little bit of darkness but it's also almost like black humor kind of a thing so it's really fun and again it, it, it's nice because it, it is the start of a series i think there's a couple books in it um yeah so that's a spy in the house by y.s lee um, my last one that I have, although trust me, I have more, but, uh, the <laughs> last one I picked for today to talk about right now is special topics in calamity physics by Marissa, Pes uh, Marissa Pestle. So Marissa is a lot like Donna Tartt in that she, um, has several years between books. Um, but she has a bit of a cult following and people who absolutely love her books and, I count myself among that. Um, she's really well known for her book, Night Zone, but Special Topics in Calamity Physics is her first one. It's her debut. And this is about, um, it's a, you know, coming of age novel about a, a teenager, Blue. And she gets sort of moved around from school to school with her father. Um, she, Blue's very, like, smart. She has a lot of knowledge in that head of hers, but she's not the best at making friends. Um, and then she ends up in her final year of high school. She is at, again, an elite uh, school, which is the St. Galloway School in North Carolina. And she falls in with this, like, charismatic group of friends um, that call themselves the Blue Bloods. Um, and I'm reading from the description, but just go with me. One drowning and one hanging later, Blue finds herself puzzling out a Byzantine murder mystery. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> and um, I just, yeah, there you go. Oh, that's so good. So and what I loved about this, there's like a lot of cultural references, which are fun. Who doesn't love a lot of cultural references, mm -hmm. you know, because Blue's kind of got all that information in her head. Um, but this is a delight. And if you haven't read any of uh, Marcia's books, I highly recommend it. She only has three, but they're all really, really good. Um, so something else Jill and I both love is theater, which we haven't got to talk about a lot because the theater near us in Cleveland is not open at the moment, much like anywhere else. Um, but I have a combination of like a murder mystery in a school and also it's, I'm cheating a little bit. So this is called Echo After Echo by Amy Rose Capetta. And it's sort of a school, but it's more so like a theater school. So there's this main character named Zara or Zara. 
Um, and she comes to this Aurelia theater, which is where she's trained and studying to play her dream role as the main character in Echo and Ariston, which is like this great tragedy that she's been obsessed with forever. Um, and the director, you have like one of these classic director characters who is basically like, I want you to have no outside distractions and nothing else matters. There's no commitments other than this particular production. Um, but then there's a death in the theater and then there's another death in the theater and no one's really sure if they're accidents or murders or if it's a curse and curses in the theater always come in threes. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then also Zara meets um, the uh, assistant, I think it's a lighting director uh, named Eli. And this is a girl who has like tattoos and is like really bubbly and super fun and they start falling in love. And so it's this um, coming of age tale, but also like a murder mystery, but uh, it's also set in, in a theater, which is really, really fun. Um, and it's just, it's a blast. And it has all of the, th- it almost reminds me, like there's a couple different, like young adult um, family opera type books that come around every now and then. And this reminds me of that. So that's Echo After Echo by Amy Rose Capetta. I have one more I can do if you would like me to. Sure, go ahead. Okay. This one's relatively new. I think it came out last year. We might have t- talked about it, but I... Um, I just put it on uh, my my shelf. It's Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. Um, I I know we talked about it because when I looked at the cover, it's uh, a jean jacket with like a um, a pin that says Undead Girl Gang, which just looked super familiar. Um, and it's Veronica Mars meets the craft. Um, nice. Yeah. So it's just I'm gonna read from the like I said I am like just starting it the, today, so I'll, I'll read from the description, but. Um, meet teenage Wiccan Mila Flores, who truly could not care less what you think about her Doc Martens, her attitude, or her weight, because she knows that no matter what, her BFF Riley is right by her side. So when Riley and Fairmount Academy mean girls June and Dayton die under suspicious circumstances, Mila refuses to believe everyone's explanation that her BFF was involved in a suicide pact. Instead, armed with a tube of lip gloss and an ancient grimoire, Myla does the unthinkable to uncover the truth. She brings the girls back to life. Unfortunately, Riley, June, and Dayton have no recollection of their murders, but they do have unfinished business to attend to, and now with only seven days until the spell wears off and the girls return to their graves, Myla must wrangle the distracted group of undead teens and work fast to discover their murderer before the killer strikes again. That sounds amazing. I know, and I'm like, I, I know we talked about it at some point and then I can't understand why I didn't read it immediately because it sounds so amazing that's Undead Girl Gang um, by Lily Anderson yeah so those are all mine okay I think we're good we got some murder ones but also some not murder ones yeah mostly murder ones mostly murder ones (laughs) (laughs) mostly murder ones yeah you know and or like pre-murder or post-murder ones it's uh that's fair listen we told everyone like weeks ago this is the type of stuff that they're gonna that's true that's true um yeah i i think that's pretty much everything we're gonna have some fun comic ones coming up because october is comic book month um i will say oh here's the thing that we should that i should be doing a better job promoting um next week on friday september 18th is read an ebook day uh, a holiday that we celebrate here at overdrive quite proudly obviously 
Um, so if you go, to, you can go to readandebookday.com to see book recommendations and all sorts of fun stuff. But basically, uh, it's just a day to celebrate digital reading. And so if you go on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram on September 18th and use the hashtag ebooklove and just say like why you love ebooks and what you're reading, you want to take a picture of anything, uh, we'll, our social media specialist is going to track that hashtag and it's ebooklove, all one word. Uh, and we're going to give away a bunch of Libby and Sora apparel just like by randomly choosing people that use the hashtag. Um, so go ahead and go on there. If nothing else, you can use that hashtag just to have some fun. It's, it's usually a holiday that we celebrate in our office and it's the best, it's like the best day because there's the best day. There's pastries and amazing coffee, tons of coffee creamer that are special, which Jill, it's like one of my favorite things that you love. Oh yeah. There's like 15 varieties of coffee creamer, y'all. Yeah, but we're obviously not doing that today or this year because our office um, isn't open for the whole company to go to. But September 18th is reading ebook day. So um, yeah, and libraries and schools can go to blogs.overdive.com and see more information on ways you guys can celebrate. But um, yeah, it's also library cards time at month. So if you listen to our podcast and you don't have a library card at this point, I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, but you can get most most libraries will let you do that online in some form or fashion. So get a library card if you don't already have one. I think that's everything. Yes, I think cool. so. Okay, well, I hope you guys liked this back to school edition of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.